Tom Brady has officially retired again for good. D'Amico <laughs> Ryan's Houston Texans new head coach, Sean Payton, Denver Broncos new head coach, all that and more coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of PNW is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? Then this is definitely the game for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise in the game with using promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, in the game, Ultimate Football GM. Matt, I got to ask, you're probably staring over there at your spreadsheet that we've been teasing that I think we'll have to dive into next week. about which quarterbacks will be on which rosters in 2023 projecting out the quarterback carousel in the off season. I have a feeling this Tom Brady retirement screws it up. And I have a feeling every single day, there's going to be some, something in the news that changes the the teams uh, on that spreadsheet for you. And I'm going to do mine as well. And and it's always a fun exercise and I can't wait to, to get into that episode, but Tom Brady is retiring again. This time he says for good as he filmed himself, on the beach, put it out there on social media. Tom Brady has retired. And obviously, you know, statistically, championships, the greatest it's of all time quarterback yeah. and all that stuff. And we kind of went through this last year with Tom Brady. But um, are, are, you think this is like, do you think somebody could still talk him out? Or do you think it's it's done, done? Because he felt a lot more done on the field this time than last time. He, he sure did. You know, like last year, they lost a tough game in the playoffs and – he seemed upset that they lost, not like reflective of, man, this might be the last time I walked off the field. And of course, all eyes were on him. The team was better than you knew he was going back to Tampa. It wasn't going to be a free agent. There wasn't going to be a change of scenery, but you knew things would be a little different in Tampa. Gronk and maybe and those guys that were there for the run were probably not going to be back. This year, it kind of had this look like, man, I don't want to be that that athlete that sticks around a year too long. Clearly, he can still play. I mean, his mind is a microprocessor. He knows where every blitz comes from, leads the league and getting the ball out of his hands in terms of quickness. But he doesn't like to get hit anymore and needs more around him than ever. Um, and I think that's the perfect time to say, let's hang this up. You know, I mean, we saw recently Ryan this past year. Ben's last year, the end of Eli, Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl, but he was a shell of himself. Like, I don't want that memory. Yeah, and and it's funny because I, I think on my spreadsheet, on my list of names next to teams for quarterbacks in 2023, yeah. the 49ers are in a weird situation. I, I think I might have had that as the the really the only last fit for Tom Brady homecoming one more year. Let's see if you can get those hometown 49ers that you grew up loving. Uh, let's see if you can get them over the hump and get that last title. Maybe what a story that would have been. And that would be the team that you could have talked Tom Brady into playing one more year with. 
And I think it was the only player that made sense for me from a, a veteran standpoint to be like, let's bring in Tom Brady and just see where this thing goes with these young quarterbacks. Let's bring in the oldest quarterback who, by the way, you put Trey Lance, Brock Purdy together, and they're still, uh, I think, a little bit shy of Tom Brady's age, which is <laughs> um, that's crazy. Right. And so but it, and it was it was really hard to start to find a fit for Tom Brady. And I don't think that's part of it for him, for his retirement. Um it could have really gone bad, though. That would have been the other thing. Right. Like, oh, Tom Brady probably doesn't want like it would have been a really cool story to ride off into the sunset wearing your favorite team growing up's jersey, winning a title. But you also don't want that image of an old guy who's too old and bad and getting battered in that jersey either and have that like really ugly image of you leaving the NFL. So it, yeah. it's, it's the right move for Tom Brady. And, and he just, he looks so done this year. He looked a little, he kind of looked like old guy crabby this year too. It was like, yeah, he's definitely right. getting old and you could see it in his face, see it in the way he played, see it in his mannerisms off the field. Go, go, go make a whole ton money of money more than you would make playing football with your broadcasting career now. Yeah. And who am I to say what he looks like physically, but he looked older, skinnier, frailer. You know what I mean? He didn't look like a big, strong, strapping big athlete this year, you know, yeah. like a, a big pocket quarterback that can take a beating and stand in there. And, uh, you know, these 23 year olds that run four fives that are 270 running through you. I mean, like that's not, that's not for me anymore. You know I mean? I, which I totally get. We teased this spreadsheet and it was funny. We kind of touched on it yesterday was, I had Brady going to the Raiders as of like a week or so ago, thinking that's not a bad fit. But if I'm Tom, I'm looking at that O-line going, oh, you know, <laughs> I'm not loving that aspect of it. Throwing to Adams is interesting. Then Purdy got hurt. So I moved Brady to your Niners, kind of, as you mentioned. And now it's like, boy, now we're just losing another starting quarterback. Like we've teased the spreadsheet to no end. And it has changed for me almost on a every couple day basis. But now... I looked at it and thought, man, we're about three or four starters short in a 32-team league, and I'm counting rookies as starters, Young and Stroud and those guys, and now we're even one shorter. Like, is Jacoby Brissett going to be a starter? Is Darnold going to be a starter? It's a possibility. You know, we can reflect all day long on the greatness of Tom Brady's career, but some of these other aspects are more interesting to me. I mean, I know he's got a ton of rings in every record. I think everybody knows that, you know. Uh, There was a a famous... New York radio guy, Mike Francesa. I don't know if you ever listened to him. Um, I not my style. The whole the whole New York radio thing is 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 funny to me. The New York media, um, in some aspects, I love it. In some aspects, like this guy's kind of a dinosaur. And, you know, <laughs> of course, you go on the radio and you have your hot take and you blow hard in the microphone. You have no co-host. It's just your voice the whole time. It's like it's not my style. I like the tennis match of of sports conversations. Why I love doing the the show with you every day, Matt. Sure, yeah, um, me too. And basically, he's like, oh, you know, he wasn't the best regular season quarterback. He wasn't the best. Uh, Super Bowl quarterback that was Joe Montana he said there you know he wasn't the best he just played the most and collected all the statistics and I was like that is just the weakest (laughs) boring argument for Tom Brady it's like come on you're trying way too hard Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time I mean and being a 49er guy I'll admit it they've got Hall of Fame quarterbacks and and at one point in time I would have fought you and said it's Joe Montana right Mm -hmm. um and, and I'm still going to fight for my guy, Jerry Rice, all day long over whoever it is, you know, Randy Moss, whoever. But Tom Brady's the dude. Like, that's it. Like, he, he was great. He was a stone-cold killer. He was a surgeon. Uh, he was up to the task, no matter if it was regular season, postseason, Super Bowl. Uh, he was a boogeyman. And uh, he was just, he was, he, he's, he's the greatest. He's, he's at the top. He's number one. Yeah. 
I, I don't know enough about other sports, but is he the best team sport player ever? I mean, I'm more of a hockey guy than you, but Gretzky's numbers are unbelievable. I mean, they're undeniable too. Insane. You know, yeah, insane. Like Gretzky's numbers are like Jerry Rice's where it's like, right. Like, so far ahead that it doesn't make sense that there's not people between number one and number two. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And actually Brady's are now too. I mean, when you look at lifetime achievements, yes. you know, just the other day I said, I think Mahomes is the best quarterback I've ever seen. And I'll stand by that, but his resume will never be the same as Brady's. I mean, like nobody's will. I mean, it, it, he, he kind of led in two different dynasties with the Patriots. People think that was just 20 years of greatness. Really. It was one great team. Then there was a little gap and then they had another great team where it was so Brady-esque throwing to Gronk and Moss and, you know, him lighting up the scoreboard. And then he had a great stint with the, the Bucks too. I mean, not that the Bucks was Hall of Fame worthy in itself, but he had three big, massive, amazing chapters to his career. It, it, the Bucks one is the one that, that seals it. And it was a better yeah. roster. And it was actually a brilliant move by him to identify, okay, this team's got receivers. This team's got a defense. And they've got a pretty dang good offensive line. And I think that's yeah. one of the things that fell apart for Tom Brady this year, which made him look a little bit older. Is like, mm-hmm. I, I can't I can't carry a team if, if I'm not getting protected up front. You know, too old, too frail. I, I'm not going to get out of the pocket, so I'm just going to get the ball out in one and a half seconds. And it, it's not really going to be an offense that we, we that we want to see. And they couldn't run the ball. So mm-hmm. offensive line definitely let him down this year. If he, if he was maybe on a team that had a better offensive line, um, maybe better like catch and run players. I could have seen it for one more year for Tom Brady. But when you see where the Buccaneers were with pretty much the same roster, and then you plunk Tom Brady into it, even a in his forties, Tom Brady into it, and it's like, oh, we're gonna go win a Super Bowl. Like yeah. that's that's pretty awesome. And, and and that's the difference in 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 a guy like that uh, that you can say we're mediocre today. Tomorrow we had Tom Brady, we could hoist the Lombardi. Yeah, and what was amazing to me, first of all, you and I weren't doing the show together yet when he went to Tampa, but I'm kind of proud of myself because I'm like, if I'm Tom, I'm going to Tampa. People forget that was the year, the year before he got there, Winston had the 30 interceptions or whatever. I'm like, this is a good team if they don't throw 30 interceptions. (laughs) You know, if you throw 10, they're a playoff team and Tom's not going to throw 30, he's not going to throw 15. So it was an ideal landing spot. Not that even Winston was a terrible player, but you know, you throw 30 picks, it's hard to win. Uh, you know, that defense was in place. The line was in place. And, you know, you spin things back to the Niners. I spin things back to the Steelers. So last year, I would always really monitor Ben's time to get the ball out of his hands. Because it was him and Brady were the fastest in the league. They're old. They're smart. They've been around the block. They don't want to get hit. Well, Ben's average depth of target was unbelievably low. <laughs> Where Brady was throwing the ball down the field and getting it out of his hands remarkably quick, which is uncanny. And he's done that for years, but this past year changed because the bucks had maybe the worst running game in the league and they were the least explosive passing game in the league. So it was just getting it out to get it out. And that's how it changed. Yeah. And and we kind of saw that with breeze as well at the end of his career is just like, okay, it's, it's getting, it's one thing to get the ball out quick and on time. It's another thing to get the ball out too quick and it's almost hampering right. your offense. And it's like still watching the Steelers than... last year, everyone just tackled the catch and, you know, yeah. get it out. Deontay gets killed, you know, where Brady's getting it out to Evans 30 yards on the field in the same short amount of time. It's like, wow. So congrats to Tom Brady on a, a, obviously an amazing career. He is now retired again. It's, I feel like it's a 99.9 percenter. I, I, I would not be at all shocked if he yeah, comes yeah. back. If something talks him into it because this is a, you know, uh, sleeps on it, you know, 
he could change his mind again, and we'll see. Um, but as of now, yeah, congrats on to Tom Brady. He is now not going to have another season at age 46. Pretty remarkable. He's, he's played I don't know if you caught this, but he retired on February 1st, 2022, and February 1st, 2023. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he'll do it again next year. That on yeah. purpose. <laughs> Love that. All right, next, we've got new head coaches in Denver and Houston, Sean Payton and D'Amico Ryan's respect. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk about this mobile game app, and I can't tell you how much fun we had competing against each other. My fellow Locked On NFL host, Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers, was our Locked On NFL champion. Uh, and it was super fun just building your franchise. And there were some challenges with this. This, you know, you come in, you, you don't have a great roster, and you build your franchise in the image that you want to. You build the kind of offense you want to run, the defensive scheme you want to run, and you add players through free agency and of course the draft which is always so fun the ups and downs of a season you got to hire the right coaches and coordinators you got to trade players you got to try to improve and build your roster and it keeps score and uh in the end you can build your dynasty over the course of 25 years and if you've ever dreamed of being an nfl gm your dream can come true now with this mobile game ultimate football gm and Locked On listeners will get a 100% free boost to their franchise in-game when using promo code Locked On inside their game store. That's Locked On, all caps, one word, inside the game store to give your team a little boost at Ultimate Football GM. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. It's Senior Bowl time. It's draft season for all but two teams in the NFL, and Locked On is heading to the Senior Bowl. Get inside analysis from the hosts that covered the NFL's next generation in college and find out what NFL draft boards these players will be climbing all in one location. Subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft, and we've got some nightly live shows from the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday this week, 9 Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Sean Payton, this was an odd... because. The Denver Broncos fired Nathaniel Hackett early and had a lot of time to interview coaches to find their guy. Mm -hmm. And it felt like throughout the entire process, their number one guy, and one of them being D'Amico Ryans, kind of isn't the guy that they got. And so I'm, pre I'm pretty sure this was not the top job on the list for candidates. Oh, I but, agree. Then, but the Denver Broncos ended up in the end going out and getting what most people wouldn't consider the top candidate out there, which was Sean Payton. So good on them. Did, did Sean Payton is my question here before we, we go too, too much further with this hire. There's a lot of angles to this. Did Sean Payton not have as big of a, a market because some teams weren't connected to him at all. Do you think this was in the end, Sean Payton's best, choice top choice and the Denver Broncos top choice do you think Sean Payton could have found a better job if he waited a year because this process felt really weird with the reporting that went on and maybe some of the reporting was wrong but it's almost like oh man well we have to do whatever we have to do and trade picks and whatever money he wants to go get Sean Payton or else we're not going to get the the candidate we need for this football franchise and it was just it was an odd process uh, that that's the way yeah, I, would, it was. I would characterize this with Sean Payton ultimately and and for the Broncos I don't think they could have done better either but it was just weird the way it went right am I wrong about that no yeah I don't think you're wrong at all about that I mean I often not criticize but often question rookie quarterbacks 
rookie head coaches. Well, these are rookie owners. <laughs> you know, I mean, they've never done this before. You know, they, they kind of, well, we got a lot of money. Let's buy the Broncos. It's a good opportunity. Um, you know, maybe we'll get this Rogers character. There's a new head coach, somebody hired, uh, you know, I don't know if he's good or bad. We'll see. Even, you know, obviously they know more knowledge than that, but they're, they're rookie, they're rookies. And I think deep down that Denver would rather have Ryan's and a first round pick than Peyton. I don't know if they'd rather have Ryan's or Peyton. I mean, that's, a, that's a question to me, but the compensation is substantial, and I think that, that you know, pump the you know, pump the brakes a little bit for some teams. It's a couple of weeks old, but I urge everyone to go check out friend of the podcast Mike Sando's article because he ranked all the available head coaching opportunities. And when you read that article, you look at it and go, "Who? This is a really rough year." <laughs> I mean, in the end, Sando had Houston as the best job. Which, like, really? You know, but when he laid it out, it made some sense. Followed by Carolina with Denver and Arizona being the worst. Because ownership's questionable. You're inheriting an expensive quarterback at those places. At least in Carolina and Houston, it's still somewhat of a blank, you know, chalkboard. You know, I can do a lot of stuff here. But I also think Peyton, when it's all said and done, first of all, is going to get paid extremely well. I haven't seen his contract. But money's never going to be an issue with this team. And you wonder when you sit down with Peyton, do you say, do you have to get Wilson right? Or you got to live a year with Wilson and see if you get it right. And we'll go another direction if it doesn't, you know, like if it was some young head coach, some quarterback coach you hire, you better get Wilson right. You know, where Peyton's like, this guy's unfixable or I'll give it a shot, but I'm not married to this guy for the next six years. Yeah, exactly. Sean Peyton's going to be signed for six years. And once the contract can be, gotten out of by the the Denver Broncos that's the the amount of time that Russell Wilson has to prove to Sean Payton that he is the guy going forward but they don't have a first round pick anymore they didn't have one originally because of Russell Wilson then they got one back for trading Bradley Chubb to Miami and now they've given that back to the mm-hmm. to the New Orleans Saints more on the Saints in a minute uh so they don't have a first round pick it's like how are you going to find that quarterback so you're married for sure in the short term to Russell Wilson who's you know, been a good player throughout his career. So I'm sure Sean Payton's like, he can't be that bad, right? I What's get more out of him than the last guy yeah. did. And yeah. so uh, we'll, we'll see what this ends up looking like. And and I, I tend to agree with that. And I think there was a lot of things. That, one of the reasons why I thought Payton was the best fit for the Broncos, you know, all along, was that it just felt like there was something big picture, like CEO, top to bottom, how do you run a football team? Right. It was a, an issue there that, that couldn't get figured out by a first time head coach. Now you have Sean Payton that if he can't figure out, there's a, a massive problem there with the Broncos internally. No question. I mean, I'm not ripping on this new ownership, but they'd never owned a team before. It's not mm-hmm. like my hometown Roonies that have been, you know, or, you know, the Maras or the Hallises or, you know, I mean, people that have been doing this as the family business forever and ever and ever and are in the building, you know, so. Wilson comes in and he probably has the biggest stick in the room. You know, you got a rookie head coach with no pelts on the wall. Well, now Peyton's the man, you know, I mean, Russ, you're going to do what Sean says, you know I mean? And if you give me a hard time, such is life. Um, I do think, I don't know, but I, I wonder, I'm sure the conversation was had between Peyton and ownership too, of if this year's a disaster and Wilson's a terrible player, I want to use a first round pick next year on a quarterback. Like, don't tell me I have to get this guy. I'm stuck with him for five years or I'm not taking the job no matter what you pay me. But I love this hire. I mean, if you look at it in in the light of 
Denver traded Chubb for Peyton, I'll take it. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it gets you respectability right. in a huge way. All those things of I've been around the block a long time. Uh, I'm going to get this thing right. And their roster's not that bad if Wilson's not that bad. They actually have a little bit of cap space. And now they have and they have a little bit of draft capital. You know, I mean, not a first round pick, but they're not in terrible shape. Right. And so that's the thing. Basically, their draft status next year when they have their first mm-hmm. rounder again will tell you what their process is going to be next year. Right, right, if right. they are picking in the 20s, then clearly Peyton fixed a lot of things and, and their roster is good enough to compete, of course. And, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. he, he just entered one of the tougher divisions in the league, even though it wasn't as yeah. good as we maybe thought it was going to be coming into the year. A lot of and that I was have, the Broncos. Um, I would have preferred and, to go to the NFC, too. Right, yeah. But if, <laughs> yeah. if they're drafting high enough to draft the top quarterback, well, then there's your answer. So, yeah, right, right, right. So, I mean, you can see a path either way. And I'll take Judy and Sutton and Javante Williams and decent O line, defenses in place, you know. And, you know, Peyton's got a lot out of the, out of good rosters and Drew Brees, of course, but he's one of the best 10 coaches on the planet, in my opinion. Next, what did the Saints get out of this now? The Saints are now back in the first round, or it's getting pretty difficult these days to keep track of first round picks and, and where they're going. And some of these are, are moving around five, six times before they actually uh, a team actually selects with these first round picks. Uh, the The Denver Broncos are giving up this year's first round pick, which is twenty nine uh, twenty nine overall, yeah, which yeah. used to be the San Francisco 49ers pick that they used to move up to get Trey Lance a couple of years ago. Uh, their second round pick next year is going as well to the New Orleans Saints for Sean Payton. And the Saints are actually sending a third next year back mm-hmm. to um, back to Denver. So next, let's talk about what this means for the New Orleans Saints and then Houston Texans new head coach D'Amico Ryans. Today's episode brought to you by our newest sponsor, the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And this year, you only need one app at your Super Bowl party, and that is FanDuel because they have the no sweat first bet. Down, download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with the no sweat first bet, which means you can get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything. And of course, tons of Super Bowl lines. There's the point spread, the money line, who will score the first touchdown, a million Super Bowl props, which are always really fun, a million draft props uh, that are now growing now that it's also draft season at FanDuel. FanDuel is the sportsbook app that is the easiest to use that I have found. I love the interface. It is so easy. Build your own parlay. It's fun. Um, the app is safe. The app is secure. And best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Have you guys tried those built bars yet? Because I'm telling you, it's it, it's unbelievable. You, you got to <laughs> try built because healthy is actually tasty. The the flavors that they're able to pack in in a low calorie, low sugar treat that is high in protein like that is the combination you are looking for when you are grabbing a snack. And there's flavors like peanut butter brownie, churro coconut almond cookies and cream double chocolate right brownie batter it's insane there's magic behind the scenes i don't know how they do it most built bars are actually covered in 100 real chocolate as well but again only 130 calories in most built bars 
only four grams of sugars in more built bars in most built bars, uh, a whopping 17 grams of protein in most built bars. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. And of course, you can get yourself a box of built bars at built.com. But now you can find them on your store shelves at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Walmart pharmacy section, get four boxes of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. And at Sam's Club, you can grab a 13 bar box of hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. And then thank us later. And of course, you can find all of your built bar needs at built.com. So the Saints made out pretty well in this. That it was yeah. a very curious draft for the Saints last year. And I think even though Chris Olave is a really good player, and I think kind of got the short end of the stick where he should have been a finalist for a rookie of the year. Maybe should have won the rookie of the year. Oh, he's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, turns out his teammate got that wide receiver nod for the finalist there, Garrett Wilson, who's also de- deserving. Like those guys were kind of neck and neck there. Um then the Trevor Penning move and the 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 not knowing what your quarterback was going to be situation was the real head scratcher for me for the Saints last offseason. Mm-hmm. We talked about it. We talked about it post draft, and I kind of gave the Saints a, a pretty poor draft grade because of like, what are you doing at quarterback? I don't think you have your answer, and if you don't have your answer, you don't have a first pick next year now to find that answer. But Sean Payton was that ace in the hole that they had to get themselves a pick. And it turns out they got a really late first round pick. So I still don't know if that's their answer, but at least gives them a little bit more of an opportunity to maybe find their next quarterback, which is going to be huge for the New Orleans Saints going forward. Um, And the the post Sean Payton era, I think, takes a, a big boost here because of Sean Payton getting that job in Denver. Now the Saints have a first round pick, a little more to work with to find their next quarterback, which is really a b and c to-do list for the saints in the offseason 100% and every year i go boy this is the year the saints are going to have to cash in their chips and sell all their dudes and the salary caps going to come to get them d- bills are due i think that's a load of crap williamson you know it's it's always mardi gras in new orleans they don't care about the hangover at all we're going to party it up and i think this is like the dude at the bar that should i have another yeah, let's have another. You know, we just got a first round right. pick. I'm going to trade this for Derek Carr. I'm going to, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to make this pick. I'm trading up for a quarterback or I'm going to turn it into Lamar Jackson or, or I, mean, I don't think it'll be that degree, but I think that might end up being Derek Carr or something like that, where we just got this gift. I'm not putting it in the bank. I'm putting it all on black. I'm putting it all on red. <laughs> Spin that thing. Let's go. You know, that's just yeah. how they operate. I love that analogy at the bar. It's like, hey guys, yeah. I gotta go. The babysitter's, you know, time's up. And then you're right. like, hold on, what, what early one tomorrow. Call? Yeah. You call the babysitter, and the babysitter's like, Oh, I can stay all night. And you're like, Hey guys, guess what? Let, Here let's we go. <laughs> Another round. Babysitter's gonna stay over. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it, so th- there, there's a lot of lot more options now for the Saints, and it was really important for them. Um, and I, I don't know how it's gonna go for the Saints, but mm-hmm. obviously in that division now, no Tom Brady, and you figure Winnable. yourself you get yourself a quarterback. You're in it, right? Yeah, yep. D'Amico Ryan's going to the Houston Texans. And love it. Uh, I love this hire for the Texans. I thought for a moment that maybe D'Amico Ryan's was using the Texans to get more money from the Broncos because mm-hmm. of all the reporting that Broncos were there, were the first choice. But you know, as we talked about in Sando's article, if you believe in ownership and Nick Casario, the GM, this was the best job because it's a blank slate. And they can't possibly fire another coach one and done right and, and <laughs> right. I think a six-year deal too right and D'Amico Ryan's a much different hire than the last two hires for right the for, for the Houston Texans this is a long-term hire this is a look-ahead hire where the other ones were like 
I don't know what to do right now. So let's get a head coach for the for the time being. And I feel like the, the Arizona Cardinals are almost in that where it's like, who wants that job? Who wants what it, right. candidates are left? I, I don't know what the Saints or what the Cardinals are going to do. And it clearly it seems like it's the worst job out there, according to candidates. Mm-hmm. But when you consider the the Houston Texans here, I think they got a, a really good young up and coming coach that you know can coach defensive players, you know can coordinate a defense, and just has that aura that when you hear him speak, when you look at him on the sideline, you know, like, yeah, you know what, I I will follow that guy into the fire. Mm-hmm. Oh, you absolutely get that, and I think he was clearly the best candidate that isn't yet to be a head coach. Maybe the best candidate overall or the best non-Sean Payton candidate, you know, of of everybody, the most desirable, very, very bright, very energetic. As you know, you can see the defense responds to him unbelievably well. I think his history with the organization and the city is important as well. I mean, he had a very good career there. Uh, I don't know if he met his wife there, but I know his wife is from Houston. I assume that was, you know, an overlap there. Um, There's a family and people forget these guys are human beings, you know, like, if if you had the option to be the Bears head coach or the Niners head coach, you'd probably be the Niners head coach. You know what I mean? Like there's right. a home situation here too. And I think the six-year deal is very important. And it is a much different hire than the last two, who we knew were stop gaps. Didn't know they'd be one and done, one and done. But you have a lot of draft picks. You know, you can really build this thing the way you like. Yes, and a, a lot of questions about quarterback and how they're going to build this thing, but they have the second pick in the draft. They have the 12th yeah. pick in the draft from the Cleveland Browns, so a lot of picks here and a blank roster to build in whatever image that Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans want. The one, I think, pitfall potentially for D'Amico Ryans and the Texans is how much leeway does the GM have? You, you don't want right. to like, don't be know. bad for another year. And then ownership's like, oh, this is too many years in a row. And then you, you're changing things and you're firing coordinators. So if you have a first young, a very young first time head, head coach, mm-hmm. do you draft a quarterback in the first round, the rookie quarterback, and then who's going to be the offensive coordinator? Are you going to like, you know, somebody that's who's a three coach that's maybe never called plays before. There's a potential for just like massive growing pains here with rookie coach, rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, rookie offensive coordinator that that could be uh, a disaster almost potentially. So it's going to be really important for D'Amico to find the right offensive head coach. And I'm guessing it's going to be someone who's been around for a while and called plays the NFL level for a while, whether it's a hot name or not. Yeah, we're thinking on the same level there. Like, first challenge now, D'Amico, is go get the right OC. And I'm sure he has names in mind, of course. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know who those are. Uh, your Niners have been picked through. There's probably nobody else to steal from that organization. Yeah, it's like Brian Greasy's the next one. He's been a QB coach for one year in the NFL. It's like, that's too soon. You know, right, right. Al's going to have to start changing his title because I think teams might come calling for Brian Greasy uh, at some point very soon. But, like, yeah, where do you go with that? Do you, do you, and, like, Jim Bob Cooter, that, that doesn't really excite you, right? Mm-hmm. But He's been around the block a little you bit. Gotta, you, you probably got to find a veteran unless there's some young superstar that, you know, we're not talking about, one of the Kubiaks or, you know, something like that, that um, that run a system that, you know, D'Amico's familiar with if he wants to implement a, a Shanahan tree, Kubiak, you know, mm-hmm. tree sort of a, a coach. So that, that'll be a really interesting hire for the Texans. And it, obviously when you get a defensive head coach, it's so important. Yeah, and unlike Peyton, Kind of like you mentioned, I assume Ryan's has not had a lot of influence in team building personnel, that type of thing. I mean, he's very young, just hasn't been around the block yet. So that that's going to have to be a very important relationship. But you're right. I, I would look for, I don't know the name, but an offensive coordinator that 
maybe even was a head coach at one point that I can bounce ideas off of and has been around the block and has developed some quarterbacks. It's almost certainly going to be a rookie. And speaking of compensation for losing a coach, the San Francisco 49ers now get their fourth comp pick. That's unbelievable. In this draft, the, the 49ers are going to dominate the early 100s of the NFL draft. They have their fourth <laughs> comp pick now, and uh, the second minority hired away from the 49ers organization, Rand Carthon, got the Tennessee Titans GM job, and that was after you know Robert Sala and Martin Mayhew and uh, Mike McDaniel Man, in yeah, the past. Right. From the organization so that's why they have all of these comp picks and now they have two more coming this year for carthon and D'Amico ryan's and that's going to go into future years as well with with comp third round picks for the san francisco 49ers who are doing something right in developing uh future coaches and gms around the league and how could you not take notice if you're the other 31 teams to say we should give a minority an opportunity even if it just you know, yields us draft picks, you know, I mean, so the process is working what the NFL wanted to do, you know, like let's give these, these gentlemen more opportunity. And now, you know, when in doubt, I'm going to give you the opportunity because I'll take third round picks in two years because you're a great coach and you know, right. And I think this process of rewarding is much better than just in the Rooney rules, sort of the first step, but just interviewing is not enough. Right. Yeah. Because people it, just it, jump over that hurdle and be like, oh, yes. yeah, we interviewed a guy and but we never and like, him ever. For yeah. example, Sean Payton, a month ago, there was a report that when Sean Payton gets a head coaching job, he's going to hire Vic Fangio. And it's like, mm-hmm. uh, excuse me, I don't think that's how it works. And it's also <laughs> the point where, you know, they might get in trouble if Vic Fangio ends up being the defense coordinator for the Broncos, because, you know, did you really go through the process as you were supposed to with, mm-hmm. the, with the Rooney rule? So, um, yeah, good on the 49ers for for developing, you know, minority coaches and 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 recognizing young talented guys and bringing them into their organization, which is yeah. the whole point of the thing. And maybe we'll get that offensive coordinator question answered by the end of the week. I would yeah. assume that's the next one to drop. Uh that cardinal question is still looming out there as well. I've been digging into senior bowl like crazy, so I'm starting to learn these prospects. That's always exciting for me too. So it's been good stuff. More coaching hires, coordinators, head coaches to come in future episodes of Peacock and Williamson. Senior Bowl reports coming on future episodes of Peacock and Williamson. The QB carousel projections also coming next week. And of course, we got another game coming as well with Super Bowl 57. And that's why we're here with you every single day, all season and off season long. Talk to you tomorrow right here, Peacock and Williamson.